0: Hey, you're listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle. Well, we've reached the end of series one, and I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who's been listening, supporting the podcast, as well as, of course, to all of our incredible guests who have made this whole thing just such a joy to put together. It's been an amazing experience having these conversations and being able to share them with you. So for this episode, I thought it would be great to reflect back on the last 12 episodes of Samcast. I started this podcast just a few months ago now, Uh, at the time of this recording and it's all been running alongside the new music that I've been putting out from my EP Something Out of Nothing all obviously through the pandemic and so the idea to start this podcast came when my wonderful label Cooking Vinyl and I were talking about ways that we can sort of build a little world around the new music in the current times and the idea to start a podcast came up as you know a way to connect with other musicians and sort of build that world around the new music big shout out to Rebecca Rees for the idea it has been all those things but also so much more for me personally it's been such an amazing experience putting this first series together you know hearing so many different musicians approaches and angles coming from different perspectives in music it's really helped me think about music and life in general in a different way and I really hope it's had that effect on you as well Whether you're a musician, artist, creative, whatever, I really hope you found some cool things to think about in these last 12 episodes. I'm really looking forward to the future of Samcast, I'm going to be focusing more on advice for musicians and just creatives in general from myself and occasional guests. Things that I've learned that I'd love to share with you. One particular episode from series one that left me feeling super inspired was episode five with Sam Duckworth who just has a fantastic attitude to life and had some really interesting views on how we can view the state of the world right now as artists and find positivity in it.
1: The world is always changing. The world is always in flux and art adapts. Mm -hmm. But also, like, the arts needs to get its pioneering spirit back into gear. There's a new horizon. It's our job to explore it.
2: Mm. So
1: that's my job then, to distill that, to try and summarize it into some kind of place that's palatable to actually for us all to help each other understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. And I don't know, I think sometimes there's there's arts as performance, there's arts as entertainment, and then there's arts as emotional and creative exploration. If you said to people, name your twenty favourite records, there may be like be four or five records that the whole world come to a conclusion that like those records. Mm. They're all gonna be about People wanting to dance or people wanting to think or a stimulus, Mm. you know, they don't exist as like commercial platitudes or as, you know, as things that kind of, oh yeah, everyone universally accepted that was good. It's like, why? Mm. Because it made you feel different, better, challenged you, shaped you. A world without that is a world with loads of rough edges, you know, and it's our job to be sandpaper. You know, it's our job to be builders sometimes to just like try and, you know, when... When everything stops, it should be about how do we get it restarted? Not is it possible for us to preserve things exactly the way they are as a museum, so then when the doors reopen, we can walk into it the same. Mm. so it's, like it's a chance to reinvent the wheel, not just because we've got challenges, but because the wheel needed reinventing, like everything got too corporate and people got priced out, and the working classes you know got priced out of festivals and out of gigs you know, and culture became something that you had to have a financial price point to enjoy. Mm. And that's not been the case down here because you've had great public arts. Mm-hmm. Not because it's been well-funded, but because people like dug their heels in and committed to it.
0: And appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And value it. And every time some there's a challenge, they address it as a group, mm-hmm. work out what's wrong, assess it, change it, move forward better. And that and that's it. Like That's what we're going to have to do as as an artistic community is understand that like, Things aren't returning to normal. Mm. I think the arts conversation of how we've responded to the pandemic has left out one massive thing. It's like we love the arts. The general public loves the arts.
3: Mm.
1: It's always been out like we need this for education. We need it Yeah, we we need of course we do. We need all of that stuff. But we also just need to enjoy life. Like yeah. it's not just about like surviving every day with enough money to be able to have two weeks of enjoyment a year. Yeah. Just, yeah, enjoy your whole life. Mm. And music and the arts is a big part of why people like living. Because mm. it's cool stuff. Yeah, You know, there's things to dance to, there's things to enjoy. And the backdrop of our world has changed, but that doesn't remove the good things.
0: A great lesson from Sam Duckworth there. If you want to check out the full conversation, head back to SamCast episode five. Huge love to Sam for chatting with me. He's just released a new EP called Hold Tight under his moniker Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. Another incredible artist from the first series of Samcast whose form of adapting is more rooted in the world of technology is Roman Rapak, who I spoke with in episode 9. This episode was honestly mind-blowing in so many ways, as Roman shared his vision for his band Mirror Shot, and how they've used all the technological tools that we have available to us right now, as well as how those tools are changing the music industry. Here's a taste of Roman's vision in Samcast episode 9
2: here's here's a staggering statistic right 17 times more people right attended the travis scott in Fortnite gig than attended woodstock right it was the largest gathering of people watching a single performance in the history of mankind right no yeah 17 times that
1: is insane And, and
2: they're doing more and it's going up and there's going to be more and like as soon as you're dealing with gamer demographic the numbers go bonkers like the video game industry if you add together the film industry and the music industry it's not even as much as the gaming industry is worth. And in terms of numbers and people, like the hours as well, that's the thing you're dealing with. Like if you've listened to a, mm. you know, Radiohead release an amazing record, it changes the universe. You listen to that record, you're like, oh, that's great. You listen to it twice, maybe listen to it 30 times, who knows? You don't spend 900 hours in that Radiohead album unless you are, well, probably Radiohead fans probably would. <laughs> 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 but you won't, you know what I mean? Like that's we, we enjoy, It's a different format. You consume it in a different way. So yeah, so, we, so we're now in this exciting shifting landscape because before covid everyone's like yeah right virtual concerts mirror shot like sounds a bit fucking abstract a bit nerdy and then like now we're just like being approached by all these people who were like so can you do us a virtual concert and uh, so here's the important thing to look out for for all your listeners for people saying there's a virtual concert there's other because it will help i think for us to like push this forward if there's discerning criticism about what these things are right and it also mm. it's, it informs what we're trying to do because we're not there yet either, but I would appreciate it if people who come in could help us and say, oh, actually, this worked or that sucked or I had this great experience or this wouldn't work. So I think these new experiences are going to have to be based on what's great about going to a gig, right? So if you can't, if you go to one of these virtual concerts and you can't interact with someone who's there that's not a concert. If the artist can't interact with you, like, I don't care how limited that interaction is, like, you know, if 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 at Wembley Stadium people shout what track they want next to Ariana Grande and she just ignores them, they're still interacting, right? The other thing is, one of the most important things about a gig is before the gig, it's the meeting up with your mates and going, we're going to this thing. Like, I've got the ticket, we're yeah. going to... Play. It's then meeting other people who are also like-minded in this really complicated kind of tribal exercise where music and culture, you know, it's, it's the complicated things are happening, but the simple thing is you're on the tube. Oh, wow, like you're wearing the same T-shirt of that artist too, and that yeah. means we'd probably get along. And then it's the, like the thing after, like you go to a, like a bar afterwards and you're like, oh my God, did you see the show? Oh my God, when they played that. But anyway, so I think that that's where we're aiming for. So it's a world you jump into, you meet other people, there's a concert, and we're building it out. So, because what we want to do is have it so that it's not just us playing. Like we're building mm. it out so you walk down a street And because of the way the audio works you overhear something gradually as you walk near it so you have that feeling that you would at south by southwest or um great escape or these you know music discovery festivals where you're like what the hell is that that sounds amazing and you walk past and there's like 30 people crammed into this little venue watching someone do their thing, so that's where we're building it out, and that's where we're be- speaking to like booking agents and venues and stuff. Because the important thing is to be able to not just create a little standalone ecosystem; it's to integrate this thing, give opportunities to like musicians who aren't able to reach the crowds that they were going to, you know, like us really that weren't able to promote their record, and yet there's all this new technology and all these new tools. But why is it just the weekend and David Guetta who are allowed to use them? You know, why is it already mm. becoming an elitist mafia? Mm. So rise up. Like, we are living in an absolute revolutionary moment in time. Every single thing that it means to be human is changing. Everything from, like, currency, healthcare, politics, music art all of these things are changing and they've all been changed because of technology so anyway so Mm. all these things are changed so where are these big statements that we can make with these tools as artists because that's the other thing it doesn't it's this isn't a conversation about oh well you know there isn't anything good and you know this is that or whatever it's more about all right well this is our role like your role my role anyone who's listening is an artist or a musician or whatever here's all the landscape that's shifted here are all the new tools with which we can say incredible new things like things that would have been inexpressible five 10 years ago who is going to be able to put them all together and be like the Kubrick of all these tools?
0: that was Roman Rapak there from episode 9 of Sumcast he's honestly such an inspiring guy and I'd highly recommend going back to check out that episode to find an amazing perspective on how technology is changing the music industry I really hope you found it as inspiring as I did you can hear Roman's music by checking out his band Mirror Shot that's M-I-R-O S-H-O-T. Their new album, Content, is absolutely fantastic, so do go and check that out. Royman gave us a really interesting way to look at how music is changing, and another artist who for me personally made me totally rethink why and how I make music was the fantastic South African rapper, Eugen Blackrock, who when I asked in episode 4 what the most important thing to her when making music was, she gave me this beautiful answer. I do apologise for the sound quality, it wasn't quite up to our normal standard, but I hope you enjoy her words all the same. Is there a single most important thing for you to put across in your music?
4: Love, man, you know, simple but like also on so many levels, like self-love or love for the other, love for the environment, love for love's sake, you know, that I love I, I because I love that. To rap, I've learned to love my voice, to love myself, to see myself, to, to appreciate other people and their gifts. There's gratitude. Like whatever I'm writing about, whether it's survival, that's like a heavy theme. Cause you know that's what we are, also survivors. I'm always trying to reinforce what we are, and those are also just notes for me. You know, as much as like music is enjoyed, you whatever know, I put out, I'm putting out to share with people, but it's also like a note to me. And, you know, whenever somebody's like enjoying my stuff or, you know, live shows and we're jamming and we're having a great time, I'm especially appreciative of that because I'm like, yeah, this is stuff that I want to hear. And this person is enjoying hearing it like, you know, we're both here right now in this instance, you know, so connection. that's love. It's a vibration, it's a wave, a feeling, you know, a frequency of being. You, know, you act out of love when you want to do good things for your friend, for your family, for humanity in general. You want to act out of love. When someone has pissed you off or taken you off your center or made you feel. you want to act out of love for yourself. you know what I mean? Mm. To not hold a grudge, to not all of that stuff. And I'm writing all these words to just say that thing, you know? Love, whatever. Like, things are going to happen, you know? But if you don't have that...
0: That was probably one of the most important things that I think I've learned through this whole series, and I really hope it resonated with you as well. Thank you so, so much to Eugen Blackrock for talking with me and for her incredible music. You can listen back to our full conversation in episode four. I'd like now to revisit an episode with my wonderful friend, Jay Brown, whose poetry and music under her moniker Amaroon is a real inspiration in just fighting for what you believe in. Jay shared some poems from her new self-published book, Black, Queer and No Idea, in episode six. So let's jump back and take a listen.
3: Okay, so this one's called Afraid for a Fight. Afraid for a fight and a fight for a free. We're in chaos, my friend, and before we couldn't see. All the conspiracy theorists are saying, I told you so. Every other person's an activist now. But the protest isn't clear-cut anymore. You can't just raid the streets. We're competing with the lines. The Wi-Fi connections that's tampered with time. The billions of opinions. The billions of whys. The money that's brought the truth out of lies. The nightmares are surfacing and battling with the dreams. The suspicions are growing that things are not as they seem. And they never were. And we've been living in bubbles. Aware of the possibility of chaos and troubles. Reading is helping, but overwhelming us more. Glued to the words of 1984. Spoon-fed by Facebook, preheated by friends, touched by the tears of the videoed man we'll never meet. Do we dare practice what we preach? Everyone's a believer now, a teacher now, a sceptic. A unified bundle of what to do. In no way do I speak from higher ground, for I am one of them too. It's staring us in the face and I'm trying with all my might. In this day and age, how the fuck do we fight?
0: Jay Brown there with Afraid for a Fight, a poem from her self-published book, Black, Queer and No Idea. You can hear Jay's music by searching Amaroon, that's A-M-A-R-O-U-N, and you can catch our full conversation in episode six of Samcast. Huge thanks to Jay for chatting with me and many congratulations to her for crowdfunding her book. I'd just like to say a massive thank you to everyone who's been listening to Samcast and supporting it. It's been a real joy to put it all together, so it really means so much that you guys have been listening and sharing the love with it. So thank you so, so much, everyone. I really hope you found some inspiration in these conversations. Finally, I'd just like to talk about a guest who's been an absolutely massive supporter of me as a musician since I first started putting out music as a solo artist. Legendary musician, BBC Radio 6 music DJ, and long-time LGBT rights activist, Tom Robinson. It was such an honour to have Tom on the podcast and hear all about his incredible life. He's been a massive inspiration to so many over his 45-year career in music, and I'm so grateful to him for all his support and for sharing his stories with us here on Samcast. I'll leave you with this extract from episode 11, part 1, with our special guest, Tom Robinson. Thank you so much.
5: And the thing is, you, you do need an OMFG song, a song that people go, oh, why? What is that? And, mm. and they did tend to do that with 2468 Motorway. If you imagine a pre-2468 Motorway world, it sounds like a classic now, but obviously when it was brand new, it was something startling even though it was a conventional rock song Uh it had a certain something yeah yeah and war baby again was kind of unlike other records in the chart at the time so i think the shortcut to building a big audience is to write an omfg song you'll know when you've got an omfg one you'll know it i only ever wrote three which was war baby glad to be gay and 2468. But that was enough to build a career, you know, like a 30-year career as a recording artist and touring musician. Because people never quite write you off when you've had a comeback hit. When you have a second one six years later, then uh, people go, oh, we might do it again. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they don't quite write you off. (laughs) I, I became known as the man that sang Glad to be Gay and kind of painted myself into a corner with that. And although... I'd occasionally had feelings for women, you know, it was kind of like 100 to 1. For, for every 99 blokes I fancied, I fancied one woman. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't really terribly bisexual. But in any case, I thought, you know, for our enemies, they don't differentiate. Yeah. If a queer basher is about to kick your teeth down your throat, if you say, I've got a girlfriend at home, they really don't care. They really, really don't care if you also like women. You're a queer as far as they're concerned. So I thought, kind of, why argue? So I happily nailed my colours to the mast of gay and then very inconveniently met the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with at a gay switchboard benefit and very slowly came to get close to that person over the next three or four years. And, uh, of course, it turned out to be female (laughs) Uh, and turned out to be the wife that I'm still very happily married to uh, over 30 years later. And um, that's life's way of paying you out, you know. (laughs) You you, you nail the colours to one particular mast and uh, the wind changes. (laughs) That's a very nice way of putting it. You know, but I didn't didn't stop being queer, you know. I never stopped liking men. There was one particular person I liked who inconveniently happened to be the wrong gender. (laughs) But you you can't worry about shit like that or what are people going to think or am I going to get stick for this? this is my soulmate. This is this is who I want to be with. All I can say is to anybody, again to anybody listening to this, you know, if you follow your heart, it's God made us the way we are and uh, homosexuality, same-sex coupling happens in the animal kingdom as much as in the human kingdom and it's just part of life and uh, whoever you actually are be proud, be yourself, be proud of whoever you are and don't let anyone else tell you how to live your life
0: You've been listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle I'd like to say a massive thank you to all of you for listening and supporting the podcast A special thanks to all of our guests Porteous, Seb Mayer Sven Hirsch, Eugen Blackrock Sam Duckworth Jay Brown, Ben Street Royman Rapak, Bengi Unsal, Tom Robinson, and Hadia George. That's all for series one, but we'll be jumping straight into series two with new episodes out every Tuesday. So if you're not already, please do be sure to subscribe or follow to make sure you catch all that's to come. If you'd like to support the podcast further or particularly enjoyed a certain episode, please feel free to give it a share, tell a friend, spread the love. The support really means so much. I really hope you've enjoyed this first episode of Samcast. I've been Sam Eagle.